You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, I'm Katherine Griffiths. And I'm Stefania Romeo, and you're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. We're really excited to share this week's guest with you. Her name is Allison Van Buren, and she's an expert in the emotional freedom tapping technique and matrix reimprinting. She's an incredible healer with over 14 years of experience working one-on-one with clients and in workshops that have resulted in some really life-changing transformations. She is also the founder of Happy Soul, which is a company providing EFT resources to all. I'm so excited to learn about this because I feel like I've always heard about EFT tapping in the periphery. And I know actually a previous guest, Stephen Kessler, was an expert on it, but we didn't go into it with him. And I've I've seen it and I've heard people have such amazing results. So I'm so excited for this. And on that note, in case you missed it, or if you're not yet aware, we are having an event today on the day of release. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday in the US, today at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern, and if you're international, 9 a.m. AEST, we are having an event with Allison where we're all going to learn emotional freedom technique and different ways that we can tactically integrate to soothe our nervous system. So a couple of weeks ago, we did a poll on our Instagram for all of our Instagram community. And we asked what kind of free event would be most useful to you. And this is the one that was totally the winner and that everyone asked for. So this is an event focused on healing, soothing, and calming your nervous system with these techniques that are physical techniques that you can use to soothe the mind and body. And then an interactive component and talk with Catherine and I on some tactical tips and things you can do. So if you're listening to this and you're ahead of the session, we hope that we will see you there. If you're already signed up, we cannot wait. If you need to sign up, just go to the link in the show notes for the event and you can sign up and it's free. In case it wasn't clear, we are doing this workshop with Allison, who is the practitioner that you're going to hear from today. So I love sharing kind of little product and practice things that we've been doing. And I I feel like we get good feedback on that. Like I feel like people enjoy hearing about that. So making more of an effort to incorporate that at the beginning of our episodes. There's a couple of things that I tried this week that I'm very excited to see the results of. So I recently engaged the assistance of a cosmetic dermatologist. So this is my first time working with someone in that way. And yesterday I had a laser treatment on my face meant to shrink pore size, 
even my skin, make my skin look very glowy and smooth. And I'm really excited for the results. So I went yesterday. I told him I wanted to do everything natural. I don't want to like have a fake looking face. And so we decided to start with lasers and he numbed my face. And then we used this laser. It's called Venus Viva and essentially zapped my face all over like 300 times. And in about a week, I think I'm going to start seeing the results. So I'm pretty excited about that. Mm, Yes. I'm excited to see this too. Maybe I'll get it done. A couple of my friends do it here in Australia a lot, laser treatment. I actually used to get laser to remove my hair like mm. on my legs and other places. And it works so well. I actually haven't other gotten places. it. <laughs> yeah, I actually <laughs> haven't gotten it done in over a year and I still don't have hair on my legs from it. Oh wow. Yeah. It's amazing. amazing. I want to do that. Yeah. The one thing that kind of freaked me out when I was getting the procedure done was that it kind of burns the top layer of your skin, but because you have numbing cream on, you can't feel it, but it actually smells like burnt hair or skin. And that really freaks me out, but I was able to get through it and we'll see. The one thing that I've been really into lately is baths, magnesium baths. And with lavender essential oils, I've been taking them Ooh. almost every night and it's so nice. And it really calms me down for sleep as well. Like I just kind of lay there because I haven't, I've actually haven't been able to focus on a TV show lately, which is really weird. Like I have to watch something very light, like something I've already seen before if I want to watch something, but it's not like, I just can't focus. So I just lay in the bath and stare. Oh, that's so I good. don't know what's going on there, but it's really nice. <laughs> well, I think that water kind of just brings you back into that stasis and calms you. Mm-hmm. That actually happens with me when I take a bath. Like sometimes I'll bring my phone into the bathroom to like listen to something while I'm taking a bath. But then as soon as I submerge in water, I have to turn it off. It's like my body yeah. can't handle listening to something. Yeah. Like I tried listening to a podcast, but it was kind of, it was just too much. I just wanted to stare into space. I think candles helps too, because you could just stare. Mm. I have to get more actually. Yeah. But that's something that has been really helpful for just calming myself down at night with the magnesium in there. I want to get some. All right. Shall we get into the conversation? Um, Has everyone had enough of hearing about everything we're doing? Yes. What we're doing. (laughs) And so you guys won't hear me in this conversation because it was just Catherine and Allison this time. So if you're wondering if I was just being silent, that's not what's happening. (laughs) Yes. She she actually wasn't physically there. In this episode, we talk about what the practice of EFT tapping is and also matrix re-imprinting. I had never heard of matrix re-imprinting before. So she does a really great job of explaining that. And she also talks about the scientific research that supports both of these modalities. And it's really great to see when these have scientific research support behind them as well, because we know that we're, we believe in them so much, but to have that actual research behind them makes a big difference. We talk about why we have self-limiting beliefs and how to release them through EFT and matrix re-imprinting. I get pretty deep on where my self-limiting beliefs have come up. And we talk a lot about why that is, where they come from. And we discuss what happens when triggers come up and what to do. Do you leave the situation? Do you work through it? How can you work through it? Oh, that's really good. Because I feel like sometimes we just feel like, okay, I'm just going to remove myself if I'm triggered. But I imagine there are other ways to navigate that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then we talk about trauma, what the different types are, where it's held in the body, and then techniques that we can do on our own quickly to change our state. So I really love anything that you can do in the moment. So if you're preparing for a presentation and you're a little nervous, she gives us something to do right before. And we talk about so much more. All right. Well, let's get into this episode. And again, if you're listening to this in the morning, we hope that we will see you at our event this evening. All right. Let's get into this conversation with Kat and Allison. Welcome, Allison. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've heard great things about you, and I'm really excited to get into the work of EFT tapping and matrix reimprinting. So I have I actually haven't heard of that one before. So I know that you're you know you have years of experience in both of those modalities. So can you talk about what those techniques are and how they work to start off? So really go on a journey within ourselves by letting go of stress. Ultimately, you know, EFT, which stands for emotional freedom technique, reduces cortisol levels. So it reduces that stress response we can have on a day-to-day level, but it can also do a lot more if somebody's had long-standing stress or trauma, because then we can really get into a journey of where did it begin and all the associated limiting beliefs and disease process that can happen. So there is so much to it, but at a basic level, we are reducing stress whilst focused on, say, fear, for example. Say you're feeling anxious before going to an interview and, you know, oh my goodness, you know, the nerves are up, your heart's racing, you don't feel clear anymore, clarity's gone out the window, I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And then we literally start tapping on these endpoints around the body, the meridian endpoints where you normally put needles, but there's no needles. It's just focused thoughts and feelings whilst tapping. And that's at a very basic level. So I think there was something in one of your questions about, you know, not feeling good enough in work, et cetera, or feeling like you're not doing enough. You know, that can be a little bit more interesting because we can go on a journey then and find out where did that come from? Where's that internal voice? Where is that negative self-talk coming from? So that's when working with a practitioner, we can go on that beautiful journey and go, okay, so that's me at five in the classroom when I was told, you know, you need to do better or you're not doing enough or you're stupid or, you know. So it's an amazing tool. I use it in every session. Matrix reimprinting is a beautiful addition to tapping. It's a little bit more creative. And we're talking about the matrix field of energy, really. And people think of the law of attraction. So what you sort of put out, you often know that that can come back sometimes, you know, negative energy, etc. So matrix reimprinting adds on this beautiful other element and different language. So we're talking, you know, when we're working with a specific issue and it relates to a memory say, of that five-year-old in the classroom, we refer to that five-year-old as an echo. So like it's an echo frequency of you. So you're here with me now, but there's a part of you, isn't there, that's a five-year-old part who maybe still needs a bit of help to become happy in the future today as an adult. So what we do with, um, we do tapping. It's the same thing. We do the same application. We have a setup statement saying what the issue is, but then we're communicating with that younger part of you People used to call it probably inner child work. But what we're doing is we are actually imagining we're tapping on the roots of any kind of dis 
dysfunction or limiting belief. And we're really getting into the story where it began. And so that's where we talk about this little echo of yours, for example, or mine. And we go in and we communicate with them. We tap, reduce all the stress around the incidents. And then what we're doing is we're resourcing. Once we've reduced the stress with the tapping, we're also checking out what did you make that mean when that happened? And, you know, the little echo will communicate to you, well, I I wasn't good enough. I'm stupid. I can't do it. So we keep tapping and clearing. And then we do what's called a re-imprint. So once we've checked in, the echoes go, no, I'm fine. I feel lighter. I feel like, oh, nobody was really being mean. The teacher was just having a bad day. I'm okay. And then we do a lovely visualization and that's what we call the imprint. And we use the heart space. So we focus with all our senses on that new feeling. And then we literally, I take people through a visualization process around the body into the cells. And then we send it out from the heart the heart being the strongest magnetic organ of the body, which is constantly sending those messages out into the matrix and back to you. So that's a bit of a distinction between traditional tapping and matrix. It's an extension of EFT, traditional EFT tapping. Right. It's so fascinating because I feel like the not good enough is something that comes up a lot, even in our community. And when we work with clients as well, it's just that's always that core belief is the not good enough. And it's interesting that so many of us have that. And I remember a time in my life where I was on a a softball team and I was really young and I lost the game for the whole team. Well, I didn't really, but that's what the perception was because I missed the ball and everyone was mad. And I feel like that one experience really stuck with me. And until I started digging into some of this work, I didn't realize that that was so ingrained in me because it was such a traumatic experience. So it's it's just fascinating that there could be that one thing that can form so much of this. Absolutely. It's not resolved. It's a conflict that hasn't got the resolution. So anything that smells or looks or feels similar, you get the trigger again. And then you try to protect yourself by closing off or just telling yourself to just, you know, stand back, you know, you may be freezing or, you know, you're exhausted, you know, all of this. We can talk a bit more about the fight, flight, freeze response with trauma. But yeah, it is it very, I love the work because it takes people on this journey of discovery of realizing that's actually not me. It's just an experience that I haven't processed. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the number of sessions to clear, I mean, I know, I'm sure that this is very different depending on the person, but typically how long does it take to clear something like that out, like a belief of not being good enough and reframing that? You're right. It very much depends on the individual and how many routes, if you like, somebody might turn up to me and say, I'm feeling very unworthy right now in my current relationship. But actually, when I investigate the roots of that unworthiness and when was kind of maybe the earlier time of feeling unworthiness, they said they had a beautiful childhood. There was really, they've had such great life up until this recent relationship. So therefore, it might be more like, okay, something's happened in this current relationship that is now starting to form a belief that you're not worthy, but actually it's not so deep. So I can work with that person on, say, something traumatic that happened in the relationship, a conflict, and we can resolve that. And then they might go on to realise there's a different perception about it. They go on and have the wonderful relationship, an even better one, 
compared to somebody who turns up, I'll give an example of a lady who was actually on one of my workshops and I was doing a demonstration and basically she said she had a fear of being in a lift. So I knew actually when she said that, that it was a bit delicate and it can relate to feeling confined, for example, in a situation that's not pleasant. So I decided not to do the demonstration with her because I had a feeling that this might be something else. And sure enough, it was. So after the course, she came to see me and what was disclosed was actually what I suspected, which was some abuse that she'd experienced, some sexual abuse. So that was six sessions I did with her to resolve this belief that I'm shameful, I'm not good enough. Sadly, all the issues that come up with any any kind of abuse, physical, emotional. And so that was more complex. You can imagine that self-worth actually went back to childhood and her disruptive environment as a child. So the roots of it started very young. And then that kept playing out into the space of intimate relationships where she was giving herself away and then got herself in a dangerous situation. So that was more complex. So it took more sessions. So it just depends how much also, if you think of it, I always think of it, I'm an emotional detective. That's my role in my coaching um, to help people feel at peace and more present in their life by resolving stress. So, you know, it really is dependent on how much evidence do you have of not feeling good enough? Can you explain where does that show up in your life? So that might be, well, at school, yes. Okay, it had started at school, but then it was, you know, in high school and then it was with my friendships and then it was in the workplace. And each session I might spend, a, you know, an hour discovering where that was and doing EFT and matrix to go in and communicate with that part of them, the echo, to resolve the conflict and the belief that was formed or reinforced. So we can let it go. And then ultimately what happens then, Catherine, is you don't need to do every single instant in your life where you don't feel worthy because every day we can, we fall into that. Every day, a little bit of us goes, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm going to mess it up or something. But when you do good thorough work as a practitioner, you can actually maybe just do four really thorough sessions and actually somebody goes, I'm really starting to question it. I think I'm okay, even if I'm I'm not perfect. So it depends on where everybody's at in their healing journey as well, how maybe how open they are and what other things are doing alongside the tapping. Yeah. So what environment they're in at home with what relationships, you know, what diet, they're, what they're eating, what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. But generally, I'd say to answer that, you know, sometimes I can work with somebody just for an hour on a fear of flying and that can be resolved really quickly because it's not relating to any claustrophobia anywhere else in their life. It's just one incident they had with air turbulence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's quite simple. So, yeah, um, generally, I'd say I'd see my clients anywhere between three and 10 sessions. Three and 10 sessions. Got it. That's really helpful. And I think like, I have done some work with the subconscious mind. Does that have to, does EFT tap into the subconscious mind as well? Is is that how it works or? Yes, it does. And if you think of the subconscious mind as something that's just operating in the background until it becomes conscious often when we get triggered mm-hmm. by something. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so tapping, absolutely. I start always my sessions with ensuring my clients feel safe to talk. And sometimes I know that there's something traumatic they'd like to resolve because to me, most issues relate to something that's unresolved. And like you said in your question, I think earlier about not 
people think, oh, I've not had any trauma, but actually being told you've got a big nose in the classroom can relate mm. to feeling traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a real journey. And if I've got somebody with me and I know that they're feeling uncomfortable and they know underneath there's all this stuff, and maybe it's subconscious, but it's kind of conscious, I'm going to start just gently tapping with them to help them feel calm because tapping calms the nervous system down. Very simply put, it's reducing cortisol. It lets you feel calm. And what we're doing with that gentle tapping, it's something we call the tearless trauma technique, is it starts to connect to the subconscious. It starts to connect gently, almost a little voice going, okay, I'm here. We're going to start looking at this, but we're going to do it when you feel safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I do that for you know a few rounds of tapping before I check in with them. And they go, I'm starting to feel ready to share with you now because before I was really embarrassed to tell you this. Mm-hmm. So it starts to connect with subconscious, which is an event, often an experience. Yeah. And then we start to go in more deep what becomes conscious because there's more comfortability with it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because I've done some work with the subconscious mind as well. And, you know, it's just fascinating what comes up as I'm tapping into that. One of the things that you mentioned was around triggers and something that I've been curious about, and then we'll get back into on track with the questions, but something that I have been curious about is with triggers. So they have tend to come up in very similar situations, like whether it's the same person, the same environment, the same situation. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are, or if you work with clients on this, when you're experiencing a trigger that keeps coming up over the same situation and you build awareness around it. So I know that this is because I'm not owning my power or because I have a limiting belief that I'm not good enough. Do you typically recommend that people stick with that situation until you grow out of it and grow into not being triggered anymore or saying, okay, I acknowledge that this is a trigger that's coming up, but I'm also going to leave the situation because it's affecting my mental health. That's just something I've been curious about because it tends to happen with me quite a bit. So curious to get your thoughts. It's a very good question. Yeah. The way I would approach it again with the process I use with tapping is, so for example, say one of your triggers might be to do with work and I don't know if I'm doing enough of a good job. Can I do better? And I would be asking you, can you give me an example of when you got this trigger? What was going on for you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, were you with other people and you felt somebody was talking to you or looking at you in a certain way to, as if to say, that's not enough. You need to give me more. Mm-hmm. So I would be wanting to have the evidence and I would say, okay, Catherine, let's just start tapping on how you feel when you remember that trigger. Talk to me about that trigger. How does it make you feel in the now? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm coming from? So if, yeah. can you give me a little example perhaps of something that you, either yourself or somebody else, what, what a trigger is or was? Yeah, I think for me, it would come up a lot with specific people. So it would be, and I would feel like I don't measure up to this particular person. And that's the trigger. Yes. And then it's every time that I communicate then with that person, that's the mentality that I have. So even though like it's in a work setting, for example, I have to communicate with them all the time, but that trigger consistently comes up. So it's like, when do you (laughs) draw the line? (laughs) Well, that's right. And again, in a session, I'd be asking, even as you shared that with me, I'd be getting more details saying, tell me how you feel now when you think about he or she. 
explain to me the look on their face. What did they actually say? It's like a movie. So I get you to start narrating a particular incident where you got triggered. And you say, oh, yes, I can now feel like my heart's racing a bit and I feel really judged. I feel, and where do you feel it, Catherine? I feel it in my heart. So then I take you through the process, even though I feel really judged by David or Sarah, and I can feel it in my heart. And I'd start with where you're at, the way they looked at me. And I'd just take you through the process of tapping why you acknowledge this physical response. Because ultimately you often feel under threat, don't you? You feel like I'm under threat. It's a primitive feeling. It's the mid part of your brain, the amygdala, which is kicking in going, I'm not safe. I need to either run away now and hide, or I need to freeze and be still, or I need to fight. And there's another one, which is called flop, which is just to be exhausted and go, I give up. So once we've done that, then I'd be asking you, you know, what other evidence have you got of feeling that people are better than you? So it is like you're giving your power away, isn't it? It's like you're thinking they know so much more. They're going to be more successful. They never look nervous. They're, it's like they've got this thing. But actually, in reality, a part of you knows they're just like you. Maybe they look more confident. Maybe they are more confident. But I would be wanting to ask you, who does this remind you of? Who does this person remind you of? And, you know, it most likely will remind you that kind of energy of that person, maybe a teacher, somebody from university, even a relationship, you know, family member, friend. There will be, does this relate at all? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's where I would want to go more deeply into where did this begin? And you might say, oh, actually, now you're talking about it and now I've done a bit of tapping. It's really strange, but this memory's come up where I felt totally powerless and like, they're so good. And for me, it was my sisters, particularly one of my sisters, always comparing myself. She was cool as a kid all the time. And I was like, I'll never be able to live up to her standard. And I've done lots of work on that. And now I'm like, it's totally fine. I'm different to her. Yeah. And I do things that way and I don't always do them perfectly. So Mm. I hope that answers your question. It's like this journey again. So therefore, I would maybe only need to go to two or three of those places, say for you. And you start to really realize either, I think I might leave this job because it doesn't feel it's healthy for me. I, I need to create some stronger boundaries. And this is basically bullying. For example, it's the extreme. Mm-hmm. Or you have, once you've done the work and the tapping, you've come to the resolution, you've realized, actually, I have compassion for them. They're actually really stressed out and or they're putting so much pressure themselves to operate at this level. I don't want to be like that. Mm, <laughs> you yes. know, I just want to be comfortable being me. So you get yeah. the perception shift, you get the cognitive shift, the insight. Because ultimately, when you tap, you get clearer. You're like, I know what to do in a situation now. I yeah. know what's best for me. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And that definitely resonates. And it's like, you know, having the right tools to do the work and then making that assessment on, you know, do I stay in this or do I go? And that's something, you know, in early on in my career when I would experience this quite a bit and I didn't really have a lot of the tools to work, especially like in my early 20s, I wasn't into all this stuff as much. So I, you know, would really react emotionally or just leave or, you know, all of those different things. So I think it's helpful now to have, okay, well, let's work on this, try the tool, and then you can assess. Exactly. And I'll just add something quickly to that, Catherine. So with situations like that, we can do the deeper work in a journey and to go on this discovery of where did all this come from and letting it go and realizing it's okay, I'm all right. You know, every, you know, we're all operating, we're all connected, we're all operating at different levels and it's a ju- opportunities, 
these things that are challenges, it's a cliche, isn't it? But they're opportunities to evolve and grow and feel more at peace. But the tapping also, for example, going back to you and maybe that situation or situations at work where you feel you're giving yourself too much, there's too much pressure for you to perform at a higher level when actually you're doing good enough. If you know you're going into a situation and you begin to feel that little voice or that inner, that body response, which might be sweaty hands, you know, racing heart, suddenly feeling not focused, then you can just do what we call the quick tap. And literally that's resourcing yourself super quick and going to the toilet, for example, where you've got privacy. And you just tap the top of the head while you feel what you feel. And you literally say a statement out loud or in your mind about how you feel. So it would be something like, here it is again. I'm feeling really inadequate. You know, this racing heart, this inner voice, I'm feeling unworthy again, this racing heart. And you just say a few statements as you tap around and few breaths in and out. You've only got a few minutes. Then you introduce some nice positive reframing because you've not got much time. And then I choose to know I'm good enough. I choose to feel peace in my body. I choose to feel safe to be here now. They're just the same as me. You know, it's just some nice little short statements. So that's the sort of like ongoing work you can do with tapping at any time to just, you know, also things like when you get a shock, you know, just quickly just tap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. If there, you know, once you do a, a session with yourself or a practitioner, are there things like that that you can do at home? So it sounds like there is, which is great. Yeah, I often give my clients a recording, not of the whole session, you know, the whole session, I'm hoping to help them feel more complete on something and come to a sense of lightness and peace and letting go. But I do record five to 10 minutes of a short tap that they can do at home just to support the work because long-standing beliefs like I'm not good enough need a bit more work. And I like to empower my clients to do the work at home. Mm-hmm. I've also got my little YouTube, I've got YouTube channels. I've got short videos that I supplement the themes that people have in their life. You know, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm stuck. I'm trapped. <laughs> Did all yeah. that through COVID. So yeah, there's lots of resources that people can use. It doesn't have to be one hour tapping with a practitioner. I do mm-hmm. recommend that for deeper work than not to ever work on your own on trauma. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I know that there's some, I saw on your website and elsewhere that there's now scientific research on the effectiveness of EFT, the EFT tapping, which is amazing. Can you share some of the research that's been done and the results? Absolutely. So I suppose for us in Australia, one of the most wonderful things that's happened is there's a doctor called Dr. Peter Stapleton, who's based on the Gold Coast. She's a clinical health psychologist. And she did these incredible studies and started to do them in, uh, I think, around 2010 or perhaps earlier. But there's one particular study that was done in 2012, and it was uh, published in the Journal of Mental Health Disorders in the US. And basically what she was doing was she was recording before an EFT session, the saliva in people's mouth to see levels of cortisol, you know, reflecting anxiety. And then post an EFT session of approximately 50 minutes of tapping, again, noticing the cortisol levels where they are. So with the EFT tapping group, the reduction in the cortisol level was 43%. Wow. 
yeah, versus people who didn't have tapping but had taught therapy and rest periods, the reduction in cortisol, I think, was about 19%. So very significant results, clinical trials that she did in the hospital setting. I believe she's also done some MRI brain scans as well. She's done a lot of work with people with weight issues and she's been a pioneer for us in Australia to really say this is the scientific evidence that tapping for a short period, you know, when you think about some people have been in therapy for years and it's not to criticize taught therapy, but now we have these progressive tools that literally start tapping into parts of our brain that are stuck in some kind of fight, flight or freeze because it's sending a soothing message to the amygdala when we tap. So therefore, it is going to naturally reduce that response of cortisol that goes up to make you fight or run away. Mm -hmm. So that was one study that was done. There's so many that I'll send some links to you. You can add to the podcast if you like. But another one uh, just that stands out is in America, they did a trial with students who were having anxiety around exams. So they formulated a particular survey which captured how much anxiety before the exam and after. And then they did two trials. Once again, there was a test which was just, uh, it's called the progressive muscle relaxation test and as kind of meditative processes and breathing exercises versus doing EFT tapping. And once again, the group who did the EFT tapping, the, the results were significantly high as far as the stress reduction came down and the performance of the exams were much better post-tapping. So that was a really interesting study as well, because so many people get anxious before exams. You think about it, you know, we get anxious throughout our day over so many things, you know, public speaking is another one. So that was another really, really good analysis of capturing the levels of anxiety that can be really acute before you go into something. Even like an interview like this, you can have a bit of nerves before Mm you, and I did, it's a normal response because you're like, you're suddenly like, you know, this is it, you're showing up. It's natural, but it's not. So there's that sort of like, okay. So I just thought that was a really great study, but there is so many. And as I said, I'll send some links to you because you've probably also heard of the World Tapping Summit and that's the Tapping Solution. Have you heard of Nick Ortner and Jessica Ortner? Yeah, I have. Yeah, they're brother and sister. Yeah. It's becoming so recognized EFT is a really amazing stress reduction technique. And now we're getting so much scientific-based evidence and case studies to actually, you know, be able to say, yes, this is recognized. This is scientific proof that we are literally changing neural pathways and reducing our cortisol levels when we tap. So it's really amazing. This is all coming out in the last few years. And so it's just going to keep progressing as, and then, then it'll be recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that there's scientific research. I mean, I am a true believer in all of this different modalities, but I think, you know, for some people that are a little bit hesitant, they need, yes. really need that research to prove, no, this is actually doing something really profound. And I think I believe in talk therapy as well, but I think that like with these techniques, like EFT tapping, it really gets to the core of what is going on. And that's something that, you know, I haven't had as much experience with talk therapy versus some of the other modalities. And that's what really attracted to me is just getting to that core of where did this come from and how can I remove it? And then there's freedom. That's what's so magical about it. It's it's, And that's why I like it because I'm quite a practical girl and I like to be really thorough. So I'm constantly analyzing, testing, 
interesting asking questions and just seeing if we're on the right place. And and ultimately, you are getting to the roots of these diseases, you know. But just to add to that briefly before you move on with me, it's really evident to me now that it's becoming so popular is I work a lot now with integrative GPs. So they refer a lot of people to me who have got cancers and chronic fatigue and all those complicated disease processes because they know the power of EFT now. So that's doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists. And they're also coming on my workshops because I teach accredited tapping and they're using it in their practice. So it's like fantastic. Ultimate goal will be to also get it in hospitals and schools. It's starting to now, which is good. So there is a lot of evidence now that it's not just one of those sort of things that people pass off as, oh, one of those techniques again, you know, because there's a lot of things out there that people spend thousands of dollars on that maybe don't work so well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so great that it's in hospitals and and GPs are working with these types of practices as well. And I'm seeing that too. I think it was, it started um, with acupuncture, but also I'm seeing lots of energy healing as well. And it's just so great because it can be very complementary. It doesn't have to be like this versus that. All the modalities can work together. Yeah. Very important, isn't it? It's always holistic and remembering always that tapping is just the tool. It's about the person delivering it. It's about how you use it, complementing everything else you're doing in your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So getting into, I know that we touched on the trauma piece a little bit already. I know when I first started hearing trauma come up more and more in the holistic health space, I would always associate it with something really serious that happened that you would know, like, you know, some form of abuse or something along those lines. But as I've learned more about it, it's actually, it actually can also be quite subtle. Like maybe when you were a baby, your mom wasn't that emotionally available or your dad or another caregiver. So I'm wondering with trauma, if you can talk about what you see in terms of where and how it's held in the body, like where, what are the common places that it shows up and what are some of the things that you see and how you define trauma? I know that there was a lot in that question. I mean, the the sort of official definition of uh, trauma or post-traumatic stress is when something happens and you feel you don't have the resources to deal with it. So you're often alone and you're not getting the support you need. And it's a sudden thing that can happen. So that's sort of the simple definition of something traumatic. You know, it suddenly comes out of nowhere. You're on your own or people are with you, but they're not meeting your needs. And so, like you said, it can be something quite simple. I'd like to give you a, a funny, well, it was a little experience I had two nights ago. To, to give some framework of this, I was actually on a call. I'd been doing a course, an online course. And this call was at night and there was about 20 people on the call. And you, know, you can see everybody's faces when you're on a big call on Zoom. And yeah. I asked this question about something. And the lady who was running the course, I could tell that either she didn't know the answer. So she didn't know, yeah, she didn't understand the question or didn't know the answer and started off by kind of, it felt like, laughing at me and that's what it felt like at the time what I saw was, and I went into I immediately went into I haven't asked the question properly and my little child was like at school again it's like you've not made yourself clear and then I felt put down because she sort of was smirking I felt like she was laughing at me and then later she was saying something else and it was in front of all these people on the zoom call but the funny thing is because I know this work I could feel myself triggered I could feel myself like I still need to have my voice I still need to ask the question but I could feel it all 
And then after the call, I was quite rattled. I was kind of a bit shook up and I felt a little bit traumatized in front, a little bit ashamed with all these people because it was quite intense. (laughs) So I just thought, right, this is great. I'm going to do some tapping because I was on my own. I didn't have anybody there to help me. It was a little, even though it's not a big trauma, I felt like I was going into a bit of the fight, flight or freeze. I kind of wanted to run away, but I knew I really Mm -hmm. wanted to go for it. So I just did some tapping. I looked at myself in the mirror and I tapped and tapped and just on this fear of not being good enough, this fear of not being articulate, took me five, 10 minutes. And so I mm-hmm. came out of that sort of, and there was a bit of shock as well about how she, I didn't feel like she held a safe place. So there was mm-hmm. all of that and it was only 10 minutes of tapping. So that was doing tapping on something fairly immediate. But yes, there's lots of examples, aren't there, of when you can get a, a sort of a small shock and your body goes into this response, which is what we've talked about, the fight, freeze or flop. And the tapping, what we're doing with that is, as I said, we are tapping on these meridian points, which are sending this soothing message to resolve often the shock at first, because that, you know, what did, when you gave me an example of, actually it might be different with the example you gave about a child living in an environment where the mother's not present, mm-hmm. it still can be perceived as a bit traumatic because they're suddenly not resourced and they're really not having their needs met. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of weakened in a weakened environment and, and open to more things happening where they feel like, oh, I can't cope and the body starts to freeze or it gets exhausted with not having the support it needs and it flops and then we can then that can go on to the disease process, for example, chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. So many different ways to obviously approach that. Again, you can do the immediate tapping for the initial sort of, you've seen something, you've seen an accident, uh, you've seen a, you know, a cat on the road or something, you can do some immediate tapping for the shock and then all the emotions that can come after that, the sadness, the frustration that nobody did anything. And then the the acceptance part, which is it's very sad, but it's happened and I'm not helpless. I couldn't do anything because we're always looking at the associated beliefs. Yeah, I think. And that's something that I've also been just with the emotions that I have been talking about more with people in our community and also experiencing it myself is just letting the emotions happen and just letting it out. So even if, you know, it sounds like even with EFT tapping, if something is coming out, it's, it's acknowledging, okay, this is an emotion that's happening and you're also doing something about it. So it kind of has marries those two things together, which I like. Yes. It's acknowledgement. I think the key thing with tapping for anything, including trauma is you're actually safely acknowledging what's happened. If there's yeah. something highly there's a process I take people through and it's highly traumatic. I was explaining to help them feel safe using tearless trauma, but, you know, putting that aside, it's an amazing tool to really say, I'm in shock when I remember that now. And so we, we feel the shock, don't we? But we release it. We're literally letting it Mm -hmm. out the cells because trauma get you, I will answer this part of the next question is, is held for me. It gets held in the cells immediately. It's like, boom, it's Mm -hmm. there. So if we can straight away with all the emotions associated with something that happens suddenly, a traumatic incident, the shock, the distress, the fear, the grief, the sadness, the frustration, the anger, the resentment, all those layers, you know, we want to resolve that so it doesn't kick off a dis-ease process because dis-ease is really when you're not at ease with a situation. 
i.e. you're not mm-hmm. at ease with something that's happened that's been traumatic. Right. And are there signs that someone has trauma that stuck in their body that you notice immediately when somebody walks in or maybe yeah. they can notice it themselves? Yeah. So I suppose it's something that's fairly obvious to the audience is when you, you know, when somebody does receive a, cho- a shock or they're relaying the shock to me, the body can things, you know, if it's that immediate recollection of a shock or you're in the trauma, the body can shake. Of course, it's trying to discharge. The shaking is a way to try and discharge from the fight, flight or freeze. Uh, But there's obviously racing heart and those sweating and just feeling very uncomfortable. And that's where we, you know, that's what can happen when I take somebody through trauma is they can experience the physical of the discharge. But looking at patterns of where we hold trauma in the body, you know, as I said, the first place really is the cells. So I see EFT is really releasing that safely from the cells. But some common things that, you know, I'd say one of the most common places that people hold trauma is actually in the digestive system. Because you think about you're not able to digest something and it affects so many of your organs, even your mouth, your throat, you know, can often be a place where people hold trauma. So they're not able to speak or they keep getting sore throats, you know, infections. We kind of start at the head as well with anxiety and thoughts. But as we travel around, I'd say one of the most common things is people holding it in their gut and having digestive issues, but it's also joints like shoulders so common when people come and you know they're saying there's constant pain in the body and I know there's unresolved trauma the body's responding it's trying to protect itself it's trying to help itself but you know typically shoulders is all the burden you know it's that Mm. burden of life unresolved conflicts so I don't do a survey but with I can do a bit of a scan of my clients and then I'd say they're fairly common they're quite up there the digestive issues the autoimmune conditions, you know, again, Mm. unresolved trauma, any kind of unresolved conflict will set off the body's what we call disease process, which actually is the healing process. It's not a disease, really. It's just the body wanting to heal. So cancer is a indicator the body wants to heal. The tumor is actually, it's trying to heal. So we we kind of change the paradigm of disease, really. I hope this is Mm -hmm. making sense kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent, but it's really fascinating to me. It is. No, it is. Mm, Having worked with lots of cancer patients as well, and, you know, the gut and abdominal issues and cancers, we look at what's going on. And it's amazing when we work with all the trauma that things start working and they get well with other supplementary processes. That's incredible because I just completely believe in that, that the mind and body are so connected. Even the throat example I remember a period of time when I would have a lot of, I kept getting tonsillitis over and over again. And it was, yeah. And it was a, during a period where I was feeling very triggered at work a little bit. I wasn't speaking my mind. I wasn't in my power and I kept getting tonsillitis. So I feel like it's just so interesting how connected the mind and body can be. And I think for cancer patients in particular, that's incredible that there's now this tool that they can leverage as part of their treatment. And it's really giving them profound results. It is, isn't it? Because if you think about it as a basic level, again, any kind of alternative therapies, we're removing the stress element that the body's under. And of course, when we've got less stress and less chemicals in our body, like high levels of cortisol, 
and we're in a loving environment, hopefully in our homes and with our friendships, the body knows what to do. You know, the reality is we all probably die with cancers and tumors in our body, but some of it doesn't progress because there's there's peace, there's enough peace in the body, there's enough calm and joy and those innate qualities that we're born to have. So I see EFT and matrix is that, you know, so empowering because my always my questions with my clients is what is it you're not at peace with? What is it you're still struggling? What do you feel when you reflect on it you're not at ease with? And with people with cancer and chronic disease, you know, the question I ask first is how do you feel about the fact you have this? Well, I'm nobody's asked me that. I'm really angry. I'm really frustrated. I'm fearful. And then also the really key thing with, again, trauma and disease is the diagnosis. When people get the diagnosis, it's another shock. So if we don't resolve that shock response, which kicks off the chemical imbalance and then the body's all acidic and it creates this disease, then the body's not in a conducive environment to go, I know what to do because we all have the ability to have cancer. We're going to turn those genes off now because I'm safe in my body. My body feels safer. I'm safe in the world. I feel good enough. I mean, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But we didn't know this years ago. Yeah, it's not something that's taught. That's for sure. It's only been in the past several years for me. But yeah, I feel like with kids, like, you know, it would be so impactful to teach them this stuff early. So that way they don't have to spend the rest of their adult life trying to trying to get back to accept self-acceptance and feeling good enough and all of those feelings. I'm curious what a typical day looks like for you in managing your mental and physical health and how you integrate tapping into that. Yeah. Well, I gave you a little example, didn't I, a couple of nights ago when I was like, right, I need to tap. and, And I'm at the place where I know that any challenge is like, okay, this is good. Another level of not feeling good enough. And, but actually on a day to day level, I really have learned to really be aware of my energy level and what I'm capable of giving, because in this kind of work, as you know, you're giving. So, and I'm holding a space for sometimes really quite complicated scenarios and conversations. So I I typically only ever see four clients maximum a day mm-hmm. and I plan. I'm all, you know it's really it's been a difficult thing in my youth to plan. I was very aquarian. I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 but now I know running a business for 14 years the importance of planning." So I make sure I plan. Mm-hmm. I make sure I do my own work on myself, but I also work with a coach. I have to be supervised because I'm a trainer and a practitioner, so I'm always making sure I'm clearing so I'm not If I get triggered in a session with somebody, I know I need to go and work on that. So I'm making sure that I keep myself as present as I can with my clients. I obviously make sure I have good holidays. And one of the really important things for me is having a laugh and not taking everything so seriously. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes in this field, we can get really deep and meaningful all the time. It's like, oh, that must mean that. That and rheumatoid arthritis means this and that. It's like, maybe, but you know, let's be open and make it a little lighter. So mm-hmm. just other little things I do is, you know, I use aromatherapy. I love Donna Eden. I don't know if you know Donna Eden, but she's a beautiful lady in America who does energy techniques, uh, physical energy. So, you know, really nice physical exercises to uncross, I suppose, because our meridians can get crossed over when we get stressed. For example, if you're carrying a bag on your shoulder all the time, all day long, it's cutting off one of the meridian flows so you can feel scrambled on your hair and you don't feel focused. So there's lovely energy techniques that she teaches. So I do those in between sessions and even just at home in the morning before this 
today I went in the garden, I was grounding on the grass, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love all of that. And I think it's so important to create space and, there was something else that you said that really resonated and it just left me, but I'm sure it'll come back. But yeah, I think I even noticed with myself, I have ebbs and flows. Like some days I wake up and I'm super excited and happy. And then other days I'm not. So it's like kind of structuring my day around those yeah. emotions. So that way I can bring the best energy. So, And it's yeah. true, isn't it, Catherine? We're not, and it's me being mindful. I'm sure you're the same as knowing that that voice will come in, especially when you're in the world like you are on podcasts and videos. And I am, I have a YouTube channel. I'm, I'm putting myself out there a lot. So I'm really mm-hmm. working with that that trigger that can come up of, am I enough? Am I doing this okay? Is it perfect? So it's just, it never stops, does it? It's an ongoing journey, but you look at it as a discovery journey rather than, oh, more to do. It's kind of a nice yeah. way to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about, you know, not taking everything so seriously because I do that. I'm curious about human behavior so much that I can just question myself all the time. I'm like, <laughs> well, I just, I, I just had this emotion. Why is this coming up? What's going on? What does this mean? There must be something with childhood and it can just get really exhausting over time. So I have to learn to just shut that off at yeah. times when it's not helpful anymore. Well, I want to be mindful of time. So there's one question that we ask, a closing question that we ask all of our guests. The podcast is called This Life Explains It All. So the question that we ask is, what life experience has been your greatest teacher? That was an interesting question, yes. And (laughs) I really sat with that. And I, I really feel that my move to Australia from the UK has probably been one of the biggest teachers but it it, there's another one that falls in line with that as far as importance which even becomes before that actually which is my rheumatoid arthritis diagnosis when I was 16 completely changed the course of my life so I don't have that anymore and it was the beginning of me understanding the mind-body connection so that was really the biggest huge learning curve that's that's really changed the course of my life you know and I'm so grateful for it because I understand autoimmune and I understand the emotions and how stress can cause that response. So that and moving to Australia and dealing with, and you're, I think, from the US, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yep, from the US. You can probably relate with COVID now. We've got other layers of travel. Will we travel? You know, so there's this amazing opportunity again that I've had to deal with living away from my family and and working through myself issues that come up around that. So they're they're two of the, probably the most profound ones that I've now see as real gifts. Yes. I love that. And I love being able to look back to those experiences. And that's why we asked this question because it's inspirational when, you know, if, if someone is going through something like that right now, don't worry, it'll all make sense. Yeah. So I always remind myself of that too. I like what you just said about it'll make sense. And it's, yeah. it is the senses. It's like, you know, it, there's a purpose behind all of this that you think is mm-hmm. suffering. There's something much more magnificent to to receive from it. Absolutely. And where can people find you? Where's the best place to go if they want to work with you? I know you do one-on-one sessions because I'm going to see you, which I'm very excited about. But yeah, where's the best place for them to go? I think, um, you know, obviously I've got information on my website, which um, uh, you may be able to put a link I work online globally with uh, people uh, via Zoom or any other platform. Work in person in my beautiful cabin in the garden, which you'll see, in uh, Freshwater near Manly. 
I also offer a monthly tapping group in my home. So that's really nice for local people who want to come together and just have a little bit of stress reduction. And we Mm -hmm. have meditation, a cup of tea, and there's men and women, and uh, it's really lovely. So, and then of course, I teach my EFT workshops. So there's one coming up in July and August. So there's a foundation workshop to to learn all the basics so you can Mm -hmm. use it every day. And then there's a more advanced one, which is in August. They're the main sort of places to come to. I've got my YouTube channel, lots of little videos there. But yeah, so lots of resources, really. Amazing. Well, we'll link all of that in the show notes so people can check you out. It has been such a pleasure talking to you today. I learned so much and I'm excited to dig into all of this even more. Yes, thank you so much for asking me. It's been really nice to to talk to you and share it with you. And I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Yes, for sure. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.